Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, oh, you know what? Yeah, you heard me on the countdown. Listen, the Chicago Bears are the most talked about team in the NFL. And for good reason. You know what? All the, all the morning talk shows, all the afternoon talk shows, every show, ESPN, Fox, all of them. They're talking about the Chicago Bears. You know, so many of them are trying to back away from the things that they were saying early on in the beginning of the year, like, oh, this team doesn't have enough. They don't have enough offensively. They've not surrounded. All that, that narrative is gone. That narrative is done. And now people are trying to be like, oh, yeah, I've said all along that it was, uh, that Justin Fields was great. They just didn't, whatever. The point of the matter is, is everybody's talking about the Chicago Bears. It's an interesting time to be a Bears fan because obviously, you want to see the offense continue to improve. And that's what we want. Justin Fields to improve. You want to know that you have your quarterback of the future, which I think that's kind of what we know. But I'm also a weirdo that I want to win. And uh, I guess I, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to win. But in any event, I also want to start the show. So, Sammy, let's roll the animation. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. And I know I've got a little bit of a pep in my step. Again, even though the Chicago Bears lost, I still feel pretty decent about this team. And I feel better than decent about our co-host. Let's bring her on right now. You know her from Fox Sports. Carmen Vitale. Carmen, how are you doing? Uh, I'm great. I, I don't think I'm as great as like the entire city of Chicago, though, after a loss. It's really, really funny to see the city is like, you would never know that they lost the game against the Dolphins because everyone is just so happy right now to have a quarterback. Galvanized. Yeah, I know a lot of people were watching me on Instagram and all the updates that I was posting on there on my IG stories. And they're like, oh, did the Bears end up winning? You're like, no, 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 they ended up losing. But Carmen, I will tell you this. This is this was the funniest thing about what happened. And by the way, if you're in the Southern California area, you want to join us, Rip Beer Company, the PCH location. That's where we go every Sunday. We had a packed house on Sunday. It was live, and obviously the Bears were not the national game, so a lot of people packed it. We had a great crowd, a great turnout. I implore everybody, if you're going to be around the Huntington Beach area on Sunday, come join us at Rip Beer Company. But I will say this. When Justin Fields took over on that final drive, I sat there and it dawned on me. I said, oh, my gosh. I go, we, we're, we're down three. Okay, cool. So worst case scenario, we're going to overtime. I was so confident that the Bears were going to be at least tying the game that mm-hmm. it didn't, it, I, I didn't think that there was any other option. And I was you know, stunned that it didn't work out better for us i but you know stupid me like i forget like oh that's right we don't get pass interference calls <laughs> in the fourth quarter that's 
That's just like the league's like the league's already mandated. Like we don't need to help out the Bears. Like just get get off the field. Don't get anybody injured and roll on to next week. But I think that the mindset. I think what people are happy about. And listen, I love winning. I want to win. I was disappointed that we did not win the game. I'm disappointed that we're not five and three or six and three, as opposed to three and six. But I think that people are just happy because our team is looking competent and the the remnants or the evidence that there is a plan in place is surely there. Yeah. Can I pull receipts? Can I say that this is what I have been saying all along? You've never said it. Now you've uh, you said if this team doesn't go undefeated, then it's a, it's a lost season. No. Okay. This is exactly what you said. Okay. Fair enough. And honestly, it happened before I even thought. Like, I think we really, really need to. Anybody that was talking, like calling for Luke Getze's head after the first few games really needs to recant their statement because, yeah. like, I want I want atonement. I want some, like, because, Rick, listen, like, it's yeah. so hard to overhaul an entire roster, an entire team, a system, everything. I was perfectly fine giving it until the end of the season to see if this was even like looking like it was going to work. And oh my God, halfway through the season, yeah, you can see the plans very clearly. Things are starting to click. They added a piece in Chase Claypool to further evaluate Justin Fields, but it definitely seemed to be a vote of confidence in Justin. And now you're designing a team and an offense around what he does well because you've had a chance to evaluate what exactly that is. Like for as much as the off season is great to prepare for the, 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 the coming season, like you don't know what you have and what Justin Fields is good at until you have live bullets. That's just how yeah. it is. And so Getsy first time play caller, he's coming in with what it, with the experience he has with the concepts he knows. And he's like, let's try this out, see how it works. And then in the course of 11 days between the Washington game and the New England game, he was able to be like, okay, so far, this has worked. This hasn't worked. This has worked. This hasn't worked. They completely retooled things. They get some design runs for Justin Fields. They figure out that that's where he's comfortable. He figures out that's where he's comfortable. And now all of a sudden, look at that. They're a fun team to watch. And Justin is a fun quarterback and he's a good quarterback. But it was just going to take some time. So I just want I want to pull receipts because this is what oh. I was saying. Well, the atonement has also arrived in the fact that a lot of people have gone from wanting to fire Luke Getze to let's fire Eberflus and just elevate Luke Getze. <laughs> Luke Getze, the head coach. He's the head coach. Like, okay, we don't need to go that far. I think that it's a perfect combination of everything that we have expected coming into this season. Ryan Poles has gone out there, been very deliberate with what he wants to do, the way he wants to build this football team. At some point, they were going to get rid of a lot of the a lot of the veteran players with big contracts, clear a lot of the money off the books, try to build for the future. And even though they traded a second round pick, they still got a young wide receiver who's still playing on his rookie deal, who's still got at least another year left in him. So there's really, you know, that was a nice a nice get for a second round pick. I think that was a fair swap. I think that we're all now starting to see it, and I think that Luke Getze, you know, did some self scouting. The offense this week, too, also looked different. Like there were, it was a different feel. Now, obviously, Justin Fields set an NFL record for rushing yards by a quarterback, but the offense still started off feeling different because the designed passes to go along with the designed runs were very effective. 
And that is one of the things that's been the most impressive to me is that now he looks like a much better passer. Now that the yes. threat of the run game has been deployed, well, now these guys have to they, – they can't just pin their ears back and come after right. him. And there's a lot of plays, too, where it's fun to watch unfold where, you know, there was one play where Fields spun around. He's on his own 35, but you can tell, even though he's got 20 yards to gain, that, like, oh, I see it. It's wide open. I just need to run. So there's a lot of cool things going on. And I don't know. I feel like I feel like the self-scouting is there. Were you getting the same impression? Absolutely. And it was just going to take a little bit of time. Like, I just, I really just got a kick out of the armchair quarterbacks that were just like, oh, I can see that you need to do this, this, and this already. Like, how did you, how did you just figure it out that you need to do this to play to field skill set? And I was like, I just, I, there's so much that goes into figuring out and evaluating. And then honestly, I thought I saw even a step forward from the New England game to the Miami game in the no. offense and, and the way that it's, it's evolving. And now you're getting also like more RPOs in addition to the design runs. And yes, Fields is now more comfortable because I feel like he feels that he has more control over the offense and he feels like he has more control over what he does and if he gets hit or not, which is a big thing for him. Whereas like, I think when you saw him struggling earlier in the year, he was just trying to do exactly what the coaches were telling him. And they were just trying to do exactly what they knew and how, like, and how to evaluate him and yeah. figure out this offense. Like, you could see him trying to get through his progressions and just trying to be exactly what he needed to be on that play and play it completely by the book. Now that he is more comfortable, now that he understands the offensive concepts better, he can go off script a little more. And he just has a little bit more autonomy. And that wasn't going to happen without experience. So that's the big thing here. And it really didn't take that long. I can't stress enough how the fact that we're seeing this, this, this clicking and the turnaround and the offense evolving week to week, halfway through the season of with, with an organization that had a complete turnover, like that's, it's awesome. It's really good. And I'm very encouraged for the long haul. Um, and I'm encouraged by the, like the moves that polls is making just because I feel like he's really trying to build a franchise for sustained success, not just trying to get lightning in a bottle. And yeah, I, I, I love everything about what they're doing. Yeah. Do. 100%. Yeah. No, I mean, it's very, it's been very deliberate and they're really, they're really uh, figuring out ways to make this team as effective as possible. I know too, like it's, it's funny to me because when you hear people like, Oh, all they need to do is get them an offensive lineman or do this. Let me tell you, let me ask you this. They're scoring 30 points a game. Like, I, I think that we're past the – I mean, obviously, you always want to improve in all facets of the game, and I don't say that, like, the offensive line is completely done, but it's like, if you're watching these, this team and your first thing is like – and you think a first-round pick is going to go on the offensive line, I don't think that's the case. I think now you're like, no, 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 we got to draft a defense. Like, now, now it seems completely different where it's like, oh, we need defensive help. We need – like, there was a reason now – that we understand why one of the first moves in free agency last year was to go and try to get Larry Ogunjobi to be a part of the team quickly moving to Justin Jones. Like he already saw that the need was eventually going to be there. And now it's kind of exposed itself after trading Robert Quinn, after having an offense that now just moves up and down the field. Uh, I, I think like there's been a tenor that's changed. And it's, I, I, again, I don't want to make it seem like the offensive line is the second coming 
of the the 90s Cowboys, but like they've been playing pretty well. And I think that it should be considered a win that the, the offensive line started to come around as well. Well, I also think there's a lot of adjustments being made to help not only Justin Fields, but to help the offensive line, knowing what they have to work with right now. And I mean, like they're still in flux there. You're, you don't have your best five out there because Lucas Patrick is, you know, he like him going down at center and him not having that experience. Sam Musfer not having the experience coupled with an inexperienced quarterback too. I just don't think that that's, I don't think it's a, it's a not a knock on Sam Musfer at all. And I think he's actually been a lot better than people give him credit for. Um, but I just feel like you still need, so maybe it's not a draft pick. Maybe it is a free agent that, mm. or even a trade that you make in this off season, which is going to be a little bit more expensive, but I think it's worth it for a unit like that, a unit that is so young. Um, but I also don't think that, I mean, I think it's not an accident that they've been playing better just as Justin is playing better. I mean, adjustments were made across the board. It wasn't just how to get, you know, Justin more design runs and, and figure that out. It all goes together. Um, so I think that there's still a lot of work to be done for that offensive line. Sure. And I think that especially with an off season program, like talking about how Braxton Jones just needs to get bigger and stronger, like. Mm-hmm. that needs to happen. That's going to happen in the off season. And maybe you bring in someone else to, to like, and, and be able to kind of add some competition to that unit. But that being said, the defense has to be the priority this off season, just given the fact that you've completely stripped it down. And now like they, they have their priorities straight though. They're trying to evaluate yeah. if Justin is the quarterback of the future. So you have to give him a chance to show you that he can be. That's what Chase Claypool was. And now you can see it and it, and it's paying off already, even though Chase has only been here for a game. Um, but then like in a way you were kind of sacrificing your, a lot of things on defense in order to make that evaluation. So now I'm expecting that the defense has to be a major focus of this off season and perhaps even the draft. No, it is going to have to be the number one priority, especially on the defensive line. Like there's, you can tell now, like, I don't think it was an indictment on our secondary or anything like that, that, you know, these guys, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle were getting open. I just feel like you couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. And towards the end of the game, they did a better job of getting a little pressure on Tua Tungavailoa. And you saw that when they could at times get to the quarterback, how disruptive it was and how good our secondary can play because, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to rush that quarterback a little bit. You don't necessarily have to get – sack totals at least not this season but you got to get to the quarterback and I think that the Dolphins have a pretty decent offensive line so it wasn't surprising that Tua was given a little bit of time and if you give him time he's going to find a way to pick you apart and it was fun you know it was you know again entertaining game and you certainly love it but it's I don't know it would be fun to start winning some of these games as well and looking forward to all that I know that a lot of people too who uh who are now picking up Justin Fields in their fantasy league are feeling very good about that. And speaking of that underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. And it's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign up using the code sick and underdog fantasy will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, the easiest way to play. You can start right now. There's tons of games, tons of contests, it is the easiest way to play fantasy football. And if you're sitting there for the league or a couple of leagues where it's just not working out, you drafted Kyle Pitts, maybe Aaron Jones, maybe players like that, and things are just not going your way, head over to Underdog Fantasy right now. Get started. 
Use the code SICK. That first deposit will be matched up to $100. Plus, by the way, just fun. It's just fun to have this stuff going on. And again, if you missed out on drafting Justin Fields and you want to get in there now, get in on the action, go to underdogfantasy.com and having the app on your phone is invaluable. So you talked about Chase Claypool for a moment. Now, it was clear that when he was on the field, the Bears were going to try to get him the football. What was your first impression of what Chase Claypool was was able to do and what he was able to bring to the team in general? Yeah, I mean – Listen, I know he's not the only big receiver that the Bears have, but like just the way that he can maneuver his body and get those 50-50, like there's much more in grabbing 50-50 balls than just being big. Because mm-hmm. if, if if that was it, then all big receivers could do that. And that's not, cha- I mean, he combines such a wonderful blend of speed with his size and it just, he looked just super solid out there. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. And like, yeah. I think that like the, and, and, and that's going to pay off in the blocking game. I mean, receivers are asked to block in this offense um, as they are in most NFL offenses these days. And he's a real asset there too. But I mean, he can stretch the field and he's going to be wonderful for the, you know, a red zone, more of those red zone threats. Again, more of those 50, 50 balls. Like I feel like you can just trust and the way that like he was playing off Cole Komet too, those two were having. Yeah. I don't. I I honestly don't think it's a coincidence that like we saw the emergence of Cole Komet when his buddy joins the team from college. Like those two are very close, and so I like I think that they played off each other very well, and that they're again two big receivers for Justin, and like those those targets are just such safety nets um, when you can trust a guy like that. No, it's been a, it, it was really nice seeing him out there. And, and when they were throwing some of the design screens to him, feeling a little bit more trustworthy with him than some of the other guys, you know, at the end of the game, of course, Equinemius St. Brown had one go through his hands. And that's where you kind of see like, ah, one more receiver would help. And not, not and this is no knock against Equinemius St. Brown, who does a lot of nice things. He's caught touchdown passes. He does receivers drop footballs. It's okay. You know, but I still think that having one other wide receiver and it's always, and it's interesting too, because you don't, we're, we're trying to figure out where the bears will eventually land in the draft. Uh, currently they're in the top 10, which I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to start winning too many games to get them outside of the top 10, which is fine. Like you can still find good receivers. Justin Jefferson went somewhere around 18, 18 or 20 or something like that further down in the draft. It's fine. We'll still be able to find wide receivers. Don't worry. Don't panic or anything like that. I do believe that there's like, ah, we could use one more wide receiver who would, who would really just fit in and it's exciting to start handicapping that position. I just like, I don't know, it just, it just feels like a, a football team. Like it feels like it's complete. You know, I don't want to, I know that I've made the comparison to the Philadelphia Eagles and obviously the Eagles have a better line. I was talking about this with some of my colleagues today. I go, obviously, I would say A.J. Brown's a better player than, than Chase Claypool. I'm not willing to concede that Devontae Smith is better than Darnell Mooney. So I'm like, as a twosome, like as, as like pairs, you're like, you kind of see where it's starting to starting to work itself out. I thought that Darnell Mooney made some nice plays too. And I don't know if it was my imagination, but the touchdown that he caught in the end zone, you know, we've seen him make some spectacular catches before, but you're like, yeah, this is all starting to come together. Yeah, it is. And I, again, I mean, Chase also takes a lot of attention off of Darnell. And they can that like the more options you have to give a defense to contend with, the better. So I think that freed up 
Darnell to even get into more of a rhythm than we've seen him be able to get in. I mean, I think a lot of these plays that he's made up until this point were like, I mean, they were great, but it wasn't in any sort of rhythm or any sort of consistent. There wasn't any sort of consistency behind them. It was like forcing it. And then all finally, cause he's, you know, he is, he's a great receiver. He was able to make the play, but now I feel like, you know, he's actually being able to, consistently get open he has a little bit more rhythm to him and so just when you're in the habit of that even within a game it makes making some of those plays a lot easier um and yeah i just think it it elevates you know good good talent elevates talent around them too so i just think that um again it it just gave the offense it gave the defense somebody else to have to look at and then you know forget a little bit about darnell mini um to where you could lose track of him in some of those zones yeah, it just feels like a better vibe. Like this, the vibe of the team seems much better. And I do know, obviously, with Justin Fields going out there and setting a record for rushing yards for a quarterback, we kind of got, you know, neglected, or David Montgomery felt a little bit neglected. Cleo Herbert really didn't do much of anything. And it seemed like he made a couple of mistakes in pass pro, which could cost him. At some point, do you think that David Montgomery, I, I, I'm selfishly asking for my fantasy team, but we're, we're fine with David Montgomery in our rushing attack, correct? Oh, absolutely. And I think that this is, but this is like the point in that, like you have Justin Fields as a runner in your back pocket. And I mean, in any of these running back by committee situations, like there is a guy that gets hot one day and then maybe next game, like it's not great for fantasy and I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I, you know, I saw that I've seen that in, in over the last couple of years where we've, we're starting to see more of this running back by committee approach, which I think is great for the team um and you just don't know who's going to catch fire at any given time but to have your quarterback be part of that backfield rotation um is again something that's very and Eberflus talked about it after the game that this is something that's really hard for defenses to contend with and to have to like scheme up and and figure out how how to defend and they are absolutely using that to their advantage and obviously because he broke a Mike Vick's record Right. Um, but I do think that this is kind of starting to, you're starting to see kind of where the league is going to go and, and the evolution of these NFL offenses. It's, it's starting like it started with Lamar and, you know, now it's kind of like, I feel like people are going to start really looking for these dual threat quarterbacks because having a three back rotation that includes your quarterback, man, that's just, it's so hard. It's so hard to defend. Yeah. I would even go back. I mean, go back to Michael Vick. Who kind of you know, and it's and it's been great because these these type of quarterbacks have always given the Green Bay Packers trouble. Like if you think about it, the 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 Packers' first playoff loss at Lambeau came to the Atlanta Falcons. Like a dome team went up there and won, and of course it was Michael Vick who led them to victory. Then Colin Kaepernick came in and gave them fits for years. You know, this was a California kid who would go out there in bare sleeves and run right through that Packers defense. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson we've seen. And I think that Justin Fields will eventually be better than Lamar Jackson. But if you watch the game on Monday night, what Lamar Jackson does really well is the touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely. He put the ball as if he was running the football, where he had mm-hmm. a runner's pose. And then he stops, he pulls it out, he tosses, and he, he, draw, right. he throws a dime to Isaiah Likely. That That's not an easy throw to make. I know it's it made it. He made it seem easy, 
That right. wasn't necessarily an easy throw. Not at all. And then you saw, but but you saw Kenyon Drake end up running in a pair of scores. And I think that the Bears' offense can be like that because if these teams start saying like, whatever happens, we're not letting Justin Fields run all over us. Well, it's like, well, then David right. Montgomery's going to gain 180 yards, or they're going to gain exactly. 200 on the ground with both of our running backs. So again, exactly. it might not. It, yeah, but it might not work out for your fantasy team. And I apologize. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's not great for fantasy, but it's great for the team. I promise. And to be honest with you, I don't care. Like, it's fine. You can go, you can go ahead. And uh, I, I just don't care. I don't care. I should because I'm on the NFL fantasy live show, but I don't care. Sammy, did we have a question? Cause I saw you quickly post something up. Was that uh, something we were talking about? John Epic Lepic. He goes, uh, I'm curious what free agents and other offensive prospects think now about potentially coming to Chicago to play with, with, with Justin Fields. You know what? I, I, I was under the impression that Justin Fields was a very popular player uh, coming into the league. I think came playing for a big time organization or a big time program like Ohio state is always beneficial playing in all those quarterback camps. He knows so many people, but you have to uh, imagine Carmen that the perception of the bears come free agency time is going to be, it's, it's drastically changed. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Justin Fields was ever the issue. I think it was what kind of system am I, am I coming into and is it going to be working by the time I get there? So I like I I from all I know, I mean, especially his teammates and everything, but around the league, I mean, Justin is very well respected probably because he came out of such a big program um, into the draft and he was a very highly touted prospect. And so we've seen him be a really good locker room leader and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think Justin was ever the reason that free agents wouldn't have come to Chicago. Um, but now, I mean, he, Justin's nothing without a scheme that works. We've seen that obviously for the, for the, like last year and then into the first part of this season. But now that you see like, again, a quarterback like him too is such a fun quarterback. Like you can do so many fun things with him given his yeah. skill set, And this scheme can be so fun as a result. And I think that that is what is going to kind of draw free agents in because, yeah, I mean, it's fun watching the Bears now, even if they don't win. And also in a market like Chicago, I mean, like this is a very a storied franchise that is very well, like very well known. And you've got a giant media market um, that lends itself to endorsements. And it's all it's just a really fun town to live in. There's a lot of fun things to do and anything that you could be considering as a free agent and uprooting your life and moving somewhere else. Um, I mean, the non-dome playing through the winter probably factors in more than any player wants to admit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that hopefully that's changing. changing. I was going to say that could be changing in the near future. Um, yeah. I just think that this is a fun, like people, like players are going to look at this offense now and be like, ah, oh, that looks like fun. Oh, I'm that. Totally. I mean, like players still like playing with Tom Brady in an open air stadium. So I hopefully that'll translate as well. And would you think though, I mean, let's, you know, considering how well Justin's playing, how fun this offense is looking. And I know it's been three weeks, so we should maybe not get too far out in front of ourselves. But at the same time, if I'm the Chicago bears ownership group, who I think is fantastic, Nobody's forcing me to say that. I, I I really do love the McCaskey family. I will tell you this, though. I, I would start to ramp up plans a little bit sooner rather than later. Like, you know what? Let's get it done. I know we earmarked this year 
or whatever year they're talking about. But it's like, let's try to move that up as much as possible. Do you think like something like that could happen? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of red tape when it comes to all that kind of stuff and with the city. And I admittedly am not extremely well versed in the politics behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's even an option, but they, I know that they are also taking their time and evaluating what they are going to do, um, and doing their due diligence. And I don't think you can rush something like that. And I don't, I mean, like I said, even though I said that, I think that that probably, you know, players take that into account. Um, I think that at the end of the day though, they, that's not the biggest thing that right. they take into account. And so if it's a fun, if it's a good situation if they think it's going to be a fun offense that they're going to be successful in. And I mean, regardless of what time of year in Chicago it is or how, what the temperature is outside, there is something to do in this city, regardless. It's so much fun as a resident of the city itself. I absolutely adore that. I've been working for a very long time to get back to this city because it is my favorite city in the whole world. And I just think that it, it can offer so much. So I don't know that they need to rush through any of that, but um, I do think that the Bears are going to be a more attractive free agent destination uh, coming come this offseason, especially with also the amount of money. That's probably the number one thing that matters. Yeah, you, <laughs> the you amount of money paid. they can offer. You can get paid in Chicago, yeah, where you can, you can in a lot in of Chicago, cities. And we can, we can pay a lot of people so that oh. you can play with all good players. Bring in all your friends. Why don't Like, go hold out, Kyle Pitts. Like, let them let... Ask him to free you at some point. I know that you're, you know, two year, you're in your second year and you've got, you're committed for three more, but still find a way to get out of it. No, I'm teasing. But I, I think about Chicago, first of all, week one against San Francisco, that was, that was in early September and you saw what the weather was like. So it's unpredictable any time of year. But I think back to the best times that we had offensively where, you saw, let's go back to the time when Cutler was there and Greg Olson and then even going with, you know, uh, Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeff, like fun teams that scored a lot of points in the cold. It doesn't really matter. Like you can go out there, even the Green Bay Packers, you know, for years had these great teams who, you know, they still thrived in the cold. So it, I don't think that it's going to be too much of a detriment. Uh, would you love to play in a warm weather spot like Los Angeles? Sure. But at the same time, like it's going to be really cool to be part of the Chicago bears moving forward. And you're starting to see the vibe and you're starting to see the energy. And when this town clicks, listen, I live in Southern California. The Rams won a super bowl. Nobody cares. Like I, I don't want to be a hater and I don't want to make fun of this team, but it's, they just recently moved back. They haven't really established themselves. People my age and younger. And you know what? They've already been like, sorry, you were, you were gone for 20 years. Like, I'm sorry. You, you just walked back into our lives. You're like a long lost relative who just showed up out of the blue 22 years later. You're like, that I've moved on. I found somebody else. And I think that's uh, true of a lot of people. And, you know, and it, and there just isn't a buzz. And you were talking about Chicago. I know exactly what you're talking about. I can feel it without even being there. The bears aren't even winning. Right. They're three and six. And yet they're the again the most talked about team in the NFL. There's a buzz in the city. People are loving it. And like that, the Rams won a Super Bowl out here. Uh, it, it was cool. Like that was fun. Like all right. They care more about the Lakers. And that's it. That's pretty much it for this yeah. town. And this uh, not is- even the not even the Dodgers generate a buzz. So it's not I know it's so sad because they have they're very they're a very historical franchise. They have tradition rich. That Dodger Stadium's gorgeous. I interned there for a year. So that was oh, a wonderful geez. experience. And yeah, I did not see the, the city embrace them. I mean, 
listen, I grew up in this city and or right outside of it, I should say. But oh, like, don't 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 play that game with the suburbs. Yeah. You're fine. You could say you're All from right. Chicago. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, like, but I grew up here, and I had a preconceived notion of what sports meant to a city because yeah. of it. Like I was born into fandom and I had no choice because everyone around me was a Bears fan or sometimes mm. a Packers fan, but like a football fan in general, this city comes alive during any sort of any, whatever team is playing, whatever season it is that this city comes alive and backs their teams just blindly, which I, I appreciate. And then, you know, I go to Arizona for college and I experience a Cardinals fan base, which again was nothing oh. like, what I have here. And even when I was working in Tampa, as, as passionate as that fan base can be, it's small comparatively. Yeah. And it's because these cities are trans warm weather cities, especially are transplant cities. And so all these people come with allegiances from the north. And we are this is this is the north. This is the where the allegiances come from because it's such a culture around here. Um and I, this, yeah, it just this city is a football town too. Like yeah. for as much as they get behind the bulls. I mean, I grew up during the Jordan age of the Chicago bulls. Um, I was a little, a little young to not fully grasp what was going on, but then I was here for the cup runs of the Blackhawks. And even, even that doesn't compare to like 2006, the 2006 season when the bears went to the super bowl. Yeah. I mean, the town was painted blue and orange. Like you couldn't escape those colors. And it's so, I can't describe to you, like, if you don't live here, like, it's so, it, it's incredible. I've never experienced anything like it. And it's why I fell in love with sports because I, A, I didn't have a choice, but B, yeah. I was just like, it makes me emotional even thinking about it. Cause I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. And I miss it, it so much. much. And I've seen, I've seen other fan bases that are just don't compare. Um, and I think that a lot of, all of the teams here in the North now getting to cover all four of them. Uh, are very on par with that because they've been around their historical franchises. I mean, Packers season tickets are passed down through generations as are Bears season tickets. Uh, and it's just, it's really cool. And I just, I want the best for these franchises and I want the best for the Bears because the city deserves it. No, and when you say, <laughs> not at all. And, and, but when you talk about this again, and it goes with what I'm talking about with the suburbs and everybody's like, it's not true. Okay, stop it. Cause you go out to the suburbs, you can go to Oswego, Sandwich, you can go way out to Newark, Sterling. Those places still love the Bears. You oh, know, yeah. but you're like, but you're in you're in you're in Tampa. You go to Ybor City, you wouldn't even know that the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers exist. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but I'm, I'm yeah, a little I'm, bit, but no, but okay. you but points point taken. Yeah, but, no, okay, I Southern, mean, Southern California is like that. Like you go to Fullerton outside of here, and people will be like, Yeah, whatever. We're 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 a commander's bar, we're a Vikings bar. Like it's just completely like you wouldn't even know. The Rams do not even touch. The Chargers definitely don't. Um, and that's just the way it is. That's why it's cool to be like, when you talk about the Burbs, the Burbs can be considered Chicago because everybody rallies around the Bears. And you can't, you can be there in Wheeling. Was it Wheeler? Wheeling? I don't Wheeling. know. Wheeling. You know, you go to Wheeling. Well, Bears, to... I mean, Bears headquarters is in the suburbs too. So yeah. there's that. Like they're in Lake Forest and that's yeah. pretty far up there. Uh, if I'm being honest, so they, yeah, I mean, they have a, a total like Chicago land is a is a thing in this city that everyone like when you talk about this entire area, it's Chicago land and it's Chicago yeah. land for a reason because everybody is on the same page when it comes to sports, especially which I love and like talk about being on the same page. How about our how about our viewers? We got some questions, I'm sure. Let's uh, start rolling through these. Have to admit it. But Pace drafted a franchise QB and didn't get a chance to watch the growth. 
Joe, let me tell you something. I'm going to bring this up. I've, I've said this before, that Ryan Pace died so Ryan Poles can live and thrive. And there's some things that Ryan Pace did that were excellent. Think about guys like David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Justin Fields. There were some teams that were, there were some things that were excellent. And he will, I, and this is the reason why five years from now, he'll be able to return to Chicago and we'll clap for him and people will buy him drinks. And he's probably never going to have to buy a, an old style again in this town. But you know what? You also did some inexcusable things that we couldn't forgive you for. And it's just like, you know what? I love you, but unfortunately, there are too many mistakes. The Mitch Trubisky thing, holding on to Matt Nagy for too long. Like, there's some Kevin White. Like, I'm sorry. I love you, Ryan Pace. But at some point, we had to let you go. Like, there's just too many sins. And so, but you did, listen, you did a great job. We will welcome you back at some point. That day's not today. But at some point, you will be welcomed back. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Pace held that position for how many years? Like, he had his chances. And honestly, that doesn't really exist in this league. Usually, you know, (laughs) you don't survive a lot of the things that Ryan Pace did survive. And I think the ownership did give him a lot more of a chance than maybe most franchises would have. And that's just kind of the run of the mill. That's the business. And it's unfortunate. And that happens because, yeah, I mean, you did some good. Everybody, every GM does some good things. Every GM does some bad things, but like, if you don't yield results at the end of the day, (coughs) excuse me, um, it's not going like, you're not going to survive that after a certain amount of time. And like I said, I think that McCaskey's gave him quite a bit of time to, to, to yield some results and it just didn't happen. And so there a lot of time, I mean, that's like, you think about Andy Reid getting like run out of Philly. (laughs) Yeah, And it's like, how much success did he have? But at the end of the day, it was like there there just wasn't enough to get over the hump. And you have to let these guys go sometimes. And I, whether or not that was the right decision, I think that that's probably still up for debate given all of his success with the Chiefs. But, I mean, that's just – that's the way of the road in this industry. And, and Ryan Pace, of all people, understands that. Oh, he um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that he, his parting gift, I suppose, was Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, like he drafted Roquan Smith, who was very good. And then, you yep. know, the team was able to flip for some what I'm assuming is going to be a valuable um, return. And yeah, yeah I mean, I, it, again, every GM does some good. Every GM does some good. Even the worst yeah, yeah. ones have done some good. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think, too, that if 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 Ryan Pace, though, wants to com- complete go full circle, and really wants to be super cool. Send us Kyle Pitts. Send us Kyle Pitts for a sixth, and we'll we'll consider it all a wash. And you yeah, can come I don't know, I don't know that he's that okay with getting all right, a fifth, whatever. Listen, Arthur Smith's not throwing him the football, so who cares? Like, just be super cool. Let us have Kyle Pitts, and we'll all consider it water under the bridge. By the way, I want to uh, as we're clearing the air with Ryan Pace. I want to let you know that we spend 90% of our time indoors and indoor air can be five times dirtier. Am I reading this correct? At least five times dirtier than the air outside. An air pure air purifier can remove tobacco smoke, odors, VOCs, mold, wildfire smoke, chemicals, viruses from your breathing air. The kids are back in school. They're bringing viruses. Everybody's got it at our, our elementary school out here in Southern California. Of course, if you use the code 67, you will get 7% off your purchase from Air Pura, 
air purifiers. Go to www.airpura.com to get your air purifier. Do it today. Uh, our friend Sean, who shows up every Sunday at Rip Beer Company, told me this weekend, he said, you know what? I'm getting, he's like, I'm fired up. My, my son, his kids bring home those, uh, you know, they, they're fighting it out here in Southern California. So they are uh, going to be purchasing an air pura air purifier. So uh, yeah, follow, be, be like Sean and be like Sean and also come to Rip Beer Company on Sundays. We got the 10 a.m. games. It's lit. It's a lot of fun. By the way, if you could comment using the word sick, hit the hit that smash that like button. Let us know that you're loving the show. If you're listening to us as a podcast, be sure to rate and review as well. And we're going to have a great show for you. We're going to start doing a programming note. I'm getting some work done, some dental work on Thursday. So our show will be coming to you on Friday. I'm just letting Sammy and Anello know this right now, too. They're probably sitting there going, Anello. I don't think, I don't think our way, producers know that. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy, cool as a cucumber. Anello is like, oh, Rank's throwing this at us. Who are we going to? Hopefully. I'm hoping. I can't promise. But you know that I work with somebody who is a huge Lions fan. So hopefully we can get her to come back to the show. Uh, we're working on that. So uh, we'll have a great podcast for you. And by the way, anybody who's like, we, we do game previews. Like, we talk all bears here on Tuesday and we do, we do some game previews on Thursday, on Thursday, Friday. And people are like, why are you previewing the game? Like, cause that's our opponent. That's what we do. Give you a preview of the game. And MJ Acosta Ruiz was on the show last week. She was fantastic. Called it, predicted exactly what was going to happen in the game too. She might've even gotten the score. Correct. I will have to go back and check, but she was spot on. And She's speaking back. of, she is amazing. She does such a great job there on the total access. By the way, Another question, please. Sorry. Uh, what makes you happier? Justin getting better or Rogers playing horrible? John, Lori, let me tell you something. I, I want to beat Aaron Rodgers at his peak powers. Like it's going to be like when Shawn Michaels defeated Ric Flair to send him in retirement at WrestleMania. I guess fine. It's a good moment. I'm sorry. I love you. Super kick sends him into oblivion. I still would like to beat Aaron Rodgers in his prime. And I think in 2018, when Aaron Rodgers was still playing some pretty good football, even though Mike McCarthy was there on his last legs, it meant something. The back sack, all that stuff. So defeating Aaron Rodgers was delightful when he was at its, the, the peak of his powers. Although I will tell you that I, I'm enjoying the hell out of what's going on right now. And I know Carmen's got to be a little impartial. She covers the NFC North for FoxSports.com. And by the way, FoxSports.com's been killing it. They Their baseball, the World Series coverage was top-notch, so kudos to Jacob Ullman, Buck, all those great guys out there for Fox Sports, all your, um, all your colleagues. Uh, but how do you feel? Like, what, do you, what, do you, what are you most excited about? I still think it's Justin. That's the most yeah. important thing to me. But we, we can't kid ourselves, right? No, I mean, listen, I don't – but I don't ever root for anyone's downfall. Like, especially a player that Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers, who is a Hall of Famer, I mean – Getting to see him play, regardless of if you like the guy or not, it's fun. He's been fun these last few years. He's been completely dominant. You have to respect what he's been able to do on the field. You have to. You don't have to like him, but All I right. feel like you got to respect him because he is. He's very, very good at this game of football, and it was been it's been awesome getting to witness his rise, especially like you know for those of us that remember the Brett Favre years, and then then that whole transition. Um, I, it was maddening as a Bears fan just because of the fact that you were like, oh, good, R Favre is done. Wait, what? What do you mean to tell me? Like Aaron Rodgers is really good too? Come yeah. on. 
Um, that was, it was frustrating, but like, that's what this game is all about. So I never root for anyone's downfall and I don't want, you know, especially like, you know, when it's, it's something that's completely out of his control as far as the resources he was given, the injuries that the team has incurred. Um, this is these guys' livelihoods at the end of the day. So, uh, I always, would rather you know take the kind of the positive on it and i love this for justin fields and i think that he is validating the faith that a lot of people did have in him because i want to give credit to the people that kept saying no this is the guy this is the guy um and i don't think that we can for certain a hundred thousand percent say that this is the franchise quarterback of the future quite yet we have to see a little bit bigger of a sample size i think um, and that see that he can evolve with the scheme and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's certainly a great start and I'm very excited that he's given Chicago, it, you know, something to be happy about. Yes. I, I agree with Charles D QB one officially takes the torch from Rogers and green Bay on December 4th in what will hopefully be a massive blowout for the Chicago bears dominating them and sending Aaron Rodgers off. I, I can root for a player's downfall, and I will. And I know that it's his livelihood. He's going to get paid 50 mil whether he wins three games or 13, so I'd rather see him win three. I will tell you this, but this is this so I'm not like a terrible person. Aaron Rodgers, I'll root for his downfall. I don't care. I, I know that I'm a, I'm a terrible person. But I will tell you, like Nick or Nick Foles, um, Kirk Cousins, like, I'm not rooting. Like, I teased Kirk Cousins. Like, it's fun to make fun of him, the shirtless thing, the chains, the, the glasses. Like, it's How it's could ridiculous. you make fun of – how could you make it's, fun of Kirk Cousins? That man is, like, well, that, that is, Oh, I know. I know. No, no, no. But it's, like, Who ridiculous. Who called that? No one called that. Oh, I had no idea. Like, that. that is, like – that was, like, an episode of Friends where Phoebe's going to break up with a school teacher, and he's painting a room, and he's all ripped. You're like, oh, I didn't expect this. <laughs> Uh, that was not something that I, I didn't expect him to look like Brad Pitt from Snatch all of a sudden. You're like, whoa, like that's a bad takeaway. He's a goofball. Like I like I legitimately for any Packer or for any Vikings fan who watches this, the guys who watch the uh, NFL fantasy life who think I never say anything nice about the Vikings. I have a lot of Vikings on my fantasy squads. I legitimately like Kirk Cousins. Like I do not have any beef with him. If I ever saw him in person, I would have to be like, you know that I'm joking around. Like, you know that I legitimately like you and think you're a nice person. The character that you play on NFL Sunday, I cannot root for and I will not. But <laughs> I think for the Packers, like, I think a lot of Bear fans are just like, there's something different about it. Like, we're with the Lions, the Lions are different too. But I think with the Vikings, because we're, we're sort of similar, like we're both little brothers to the Packers that were this kind of like, like, the one brother you're close to that you really want to pick on, but we really don't like the older one. I think not that I had that, um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's one of those things where you're just kind of like, I, I enjoy kidding the Vikings more than anything else. Like anything that I'm saying is like, oh, I don't want to hear the horn. I don't want to hear the clap or the skull or anything like that. It more comes from a place of goodness and a place of good heartedness. And like, I, I have nothing bad Old, like legitimately to say about the Vikings, the Packers, I can make no such, I can, I, I can make no such an argument. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. I like Aaron Nagler. We've had, we've had uh, the grassy posse on. We yeah. love them. Like there's a lot of Packers fans that we love, but it's like, I can't, there's some of them I can't. And there's some players I can't get behind. Like I love Aaron Jones, 
I can't get behind Aaron Rodgers. I just won't do it, Carmen. You cannot force me into being I, a good person. I mean, don't you think that's a symptom, though, of the fact that the Packers have basically owned this division for the better part of the last decade slash two decades at this point? Um, three, not, I, not three, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're going to hate the ones that you, you know, that, that are just – and like, yeah, they've gotten arrogant about it. And like why yeah. wouldn't you have at this point when you have had such a – chokehold on the nfc north for so long um i get it i totally get it and i agree with you like growing up a, a bears fan too i just the colors green and gold in any context were yeah. enough to make me cringe i hate the um, oakland A's. yeah I, I was like i don't even like them because yeah they have the same colors i don't want to deal with it Awesome. Uh, but that, that was, that's been, I've, I've forsaken that's why, that's, my fandom that's, for my chosen profession, but that's okay. That's why Notre Dame has to wear blue. It's the only way that it makes sense. Uh, I will, I, yeah, I just, uh, I think that the, the peak arrogance of Aaron Rodgers is when he showed up on the McAfee show, uh, wearing a star Wars rise of Skywalker sweatshirt. I'm like, now you've gone too far. Like a lot of your, your half-baked ideas I can't get behind, but this this is where I draw the line. I, you, it's inexcusable that you thought that this picture was anything other than redeeming. And I'm a person who loves episode eight. That notwithstanding, what about some other questions there, Sammy? Oh, sorry, King Bishop. Uh, thanks for representing the, us Bears fans on the NFL Network studio. I think the Bears use free agency to fix the offensive and defensive line and then draft a wide receiver, linebacker, and edge and King Bishop, I, I feel very similar to you. I think that when free agency starts, they will take an, an attack approach on the lines. I don't think that there's going to be a big free agent class at the wide receiver position. And I'm perfectly cool with going for a top flight wide receiver or edge rusher with that first pick in the draft, which will hopefully be, you know, 20, whatever makes the playoffs. But uh, I, I agree with that. What do you think? I know we're, we're getting, we're getting far ahead of it, but I think that's probably going to be the case with this team. Yeah. I think I would go pass rusher first, quite honestly, just because those positions are at a premium. And if you are going to have a top half uh, first round pick, I think that's a great place to get an edge rusher. You're not like, I think we talked about it before. You're not going to get like a Will Anderson because he's going to yeah. go, you know, probably in the top three, if not the top overall pick, but um, I do think that you can get D linemen, um, you know, in like the second, third rounds. So I don't know yeah. that you necessarily need to look to free agency for that. Same with wide receivers, though. I mean, there's there's going to be this this coming wide receiver class is going to be uh, pretty deep again. And so I feel like you're going to be able to get really good starting talent into the you know the second, third, uh, even fourth rounds for that matter. Um, but I yeah, I think that you you look to I think we talked about it at the top of the show you look to free agency for offensive linemen just because your unit is so young. And yeah. I feel like you want some veteran presence on that line to maybe set the tone unless, you know, Tevin Jenkins can be that. I like, I think he can be that tone setter. Oh, 100%. Uh, he, I just think he needs, you know, to get it like to be a little bit more established. And that's only going to come with more experience uh, where he's confident enough to be, to set the tone on the line because he does, he plays like a prick and I love it. Yeah. He's great. And I think that he he's being utilized in the right spot now, which is a testament to Ryan Poles and, you know, the coaching staff are figuring that out. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I know during the trade deadline, people were the, – the conjecture was that perhaps he could be traded, but I'm like, no, I think that I think that's all in the past. I think that Ryan Poles has even come out and admitted, like, I could have handled that better. 
everybody's on the same page. We're good moving forward. And the game where, God, was it the Cowboys game when he had his helmet ripped off? I'm like, oh, somebody's going to die. Like, I really thought that, like, I've, I'm, I'm happy he didn't do something stupid and get himself kicked out of the game or fined or anything like that. But I was like, man, somebody's going to pay. And somebody's going to really end up. And you know what? This might be a situation where the receipt ends up uh, being cashed in a couple of years from now. But I don't think that he's ever going to forget it. And I think that he has that look in his eye. And I think that uh, I think we're going to love having him on the offensive line. So I think that, that that ended up being a great pick. And I think if Lucas Patrick can return at some point this season and just show out to be like, oh, he's the center that we thought he was going to be, that we can go out there and try to be, you know, a little bit, you know, go out and shop for some offensive line. I love that we have the depth. Like we just brought in Riley Reef. He started this week and he looked pretty good. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We have, we don't have to, it's not the end all be all when one of these guys, like we've had a lot of injuries yeah. on the offensive line and say what you will about Sam Mustafer, but when he's been given, like given the circumstances of like, look, he's, he's essentially a backup. He's playing because we've had injuries on the offensive line, which is why I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And in, in the game where he was forced back into the action because Lucas Patrick was injured, it's like, bro, like when you play and you don't have, you know, you don't have first team reps and you're kind of down on yourself and you've lost the starting gig and the guy came back and replaced you. And then you're forced in almost immediately. It's going to affect you a little bit. So I thought that, you know, all things being equal, he's fine. Like he, he's fine for what he is. He's our guy. Let's not be too mean and uh, just accept it. But that's that's me on my soapbox. But um, I do want to see if we can get another question. Make sure we're not missing anybody. Uh, will feel will Flu's regime keep thirty two? You know, Carmen, we talked about this last week because because he was not traded at the deadline, and because there was a lot of movement at the running back position. We saw Jeff Wilson, who did pretty well against the Bears this past weekend, move Chase Edmonds, move in deals. There was a there was a need and there was a want for running backs during the trade deadline. The Bears kept them. I take that as a good sign. What was your read on that? Yeah, I think absolutely. And again, I think that this offense doesn't work unless you have a really good backfield. Because like for as much as Justin Fields took on this last game, again, it's it thrives on that rotation and that threat of, all right, you, you're going to take away David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert? Great, our quarterback can go off on you too. And then, oh, you're going to take away Justin Fields? Well, guess what? We've got two really good backs, that uh, you know, a tandem in that backfield that can go off on you at any given moment too. So like, but that all doesn't work unless you have those guys. <laughs> Yeah. So like I said, it's not good for fantasy by any stretch of the Ooh. imagination, but I think that the days of like the feature back, the three down backs, like are kind of numbered just because of the wear and tear on these guys and teams have seen uh, you know, and can get super creative. I mean, you look at what the 49ers do in San Francisco and how much they run out yeah. of that 21 person of the multiple back sets um, in that offense. It's so fun. And again, it's so creative and hard for defenses to figure out how to defend and I just think it gives you a leg up to have multiple backs and give you multiple options in the backfield, especially if you have a running quarterback now, because yeah, I mean, and then that's the Ravens are a perfect Testament to that too. Yeah. So I like, it doesn't work unless 32 is in there. So I think that he is an integral part of this offense. Um, and I would be shocked if they moved him, you know, in, in within the next year. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that too. And I think that when you look at the upcoming free agent class, at the running back position, Josh Jacobs is expected to hit the free agent market. The Giants are going to have a decision to make about Saquon Barkley. 
I think as long as David Montgomery's contract demands are reasonable, the Bears have a reasonable expectation. I know that it's a position now where a lot of teams look to go a little bit cheaper, feel like they can find replacements in the draft and things like that. But when there's something valuable about having a team leader, somebody who's been there, somebody who runs hard, works hard, and as long as they like what they see from him, you know, this, again, there might be things that we don't know or anything like that, but I, the, the perception to me feels yeah. like he's well-liked by his teammates. People love him, and he's become a leader on that team. So I hopeful, I'm, I'm hopeful that they're going to find an agreement to uh, keep him around for a couple of more years. And, you know, you see, like, and, and for the running backs, too, I understand that you want to go and cash in and get as much money as possible. But we've also seen – you know, sometimes these guys tr- change teams and it, it doesn't always work out. Think about the Le'Veon Bell situation where he mm-hmm. kind of bounced around and did some things. So hopefully we can find a resolution to where 32 will stay with the team for quite some time. All right, Sammy, do we have time for another question? I think so. Uh, how do you think the next four games will go before the bye? Well, you know, I just want to focus on this one, but <laughs> we have a obvious winnable game against Detroit and then the following week is Atlanta. Uh, before we get some of the tougher games in, I, again, I just taking it a week at a time. I, I feel very confident that the bears can beat the Detroit lions. I know they're coming off a huge win against the green Bay Packers. Their defense played very well, held the Packers to nine points, intercepted Aaron Rodgers three times in the end zone, but I'm starting to feel so confident about this bears offense. And I guess this goes to your point too, Carmen, about, you know, whether, whether Justin Fields is the number one guy or not, it really does come down to Luke Getze and the self-scouting. And one of the reasons, like we've seen quarterbacks and teams flash in the past, and there's reason why there's reasons why sometimes coordinators don't last is because they don't do a, enough self-scouting and realize, okay, you got to try to stay one step ahead. But I feel like we've already seen that. And you mentioned it before, talking about going from the, the Patriots game to this game against the uh, Miami Dolphins. We saw a lot of that. I, I'm feeling very positive. I'm expecting some wins upcoming. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I would think so too. I, I mean, listen, Detroit, uh, I, it was a great like monkey off their back. You know, Dan Campbell after the game was like, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go home and have a beer. Um, but at the same time, I mean, one game doesn't erase the fact that they this is a not a very good defense. Um, they, you know, they had their issues. They fired their DBs coach. They did, they did change some things around in the defensive backfield for the game against the Packers. Um, but again, like this is like, they're ranked at the bottom or near the bottom in almost every major defensive category. So yeah, the bears should be able to take advantage of that. And as like, if they're, if they are evolving and if they really are kind of, if things are really starting to click, I think that that'll happen. And then, I mean, yeah, you've got what the the falcons after that they're an interesting team though i really don't know what to make of them i don't think that they're particularly good no but i think that they are resourceful scrappy i don't know what you want to call it like i I don't i don't i'm not comfortable like calling that a a, you know a definite win either um for as much as i don't think that they're actually a good team um but then like you know the jets are not the jets this year and then you get you run into the Packers and we'll see what kind of state they're in by that point, because that'll be very interesting to see. Ah. But I think that I think you're looking at a good maybe maybe two to two to three wins over this four game stretch. I'm going to go four. Uh, <laughs> now, I I still think that just 
I'm going to get too far ahead. I don't want to get, I don't want to look ahead. We're, we're only going to look at Detroit. I want to go for one victory this week. I want to be, and, and it's interesting that you mentioned the Falcons, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. The Falcons upset the LA Chargers. And that was a game where you looked at, and I, and I know that I do, I, you know, I do a show with Chase Daniel and former Bear quarterback. And I said, uh, you're going to lose to the Falcons because this is the way the NFL works in Seattle. Like very, very obvious of like, you guys don't, the Chargers in particular, don't battle through trap games. They just don't do it. And the Bears have an opportunity right now to start setting a tone of like, you win the games that you're supposed to win. I really felt confident that they were going to end up pulling out that win against the Miami Dolphins to the point that I was very disappointed. You know, as, as encouraged as I am about Justin Fields, I was still disappointed that they weren't able to get the job done. Even I was so confident that the, at the very least that they were going to get that. They were going to tie it like, oh, yeah. They're, you they're gonna tie it. Oh, we're going to tie it. Yeah. Like, that's that's a gimme. Yeah, because the know, offense like, can move the ball now. We're good. We're, this is going to happen. And then you're like, oh, that's right. You can just sumo wrestle our receivers to the ground. And the referees just don't care. They're just like, dude, we want to get out of here. We're going to Snickers over in the loop. Like, just let us go. Like, I want to go hit Portillo's before my flight understandable you guys want to get out of here you don't take us serious yet fine fair enough my thing is i want to start going into games like detroit where we should handle this team and i know it's weird to be like a three and six squad and be like we should beat you i want to start setting that tone i want to start setting that expectation of winning these games that we lose i don't want to end up like the chargers where it's like oh why did we lose that game i don't want that kind of stuff and I think this season, as we're building a program, and Ryan Poles is putting this team together, I think we need. It, it's important to go out there and start establishing yourself in these games against the Falcons and the Lions of, like, we should win these games. The Jets will be a toss-up. The Packers will be the Packers. Go out and win the games that you're supposed to win. I think that's a very important thing to work on right now. And I think that's, that's something that a young building team can go out there and start putting together. That is something that you can control. So I would love to see that. And I think that, you know, we should have that expectation too. And I hope that everybody else has that expectation moving forward. Yeah. I mean, ride this momentum um, for a little bit longer, because if you look even beyond those four games, then you run into the Eagles and you run into the Bills, uh, which is which are going to be tough games. So, I mean, yeah, keep, keep this momentum going. I, I appreciate the point too about winning the games you're supposed to win. Um, if there is games that you're supposed to win as a three and six team, but you're right. Like, yeah, I, if you, if you do win like against the lions and against the Falcons, like then I'm really going to think that you're on, it's going to validate my feeling that you're on the right path. That's going to, it's going to be very encouraging no matter what happens the rest of the season. Like you won the games you were supposed to win. You can move the ball. You're not completely out of it against anybody. And yeah, that's going to be encouraging enough for me. You know what? And I tricked you into that being your final point. I'm not even going to ask you. That was your final point. And I thought you were very eloquent and it was very well stated and it was very well done. So I will take this opportunity right now to thank everybody for being here this evening. Thank you for uh, writing the word sick. Thank you for your participation. We see you out there and it's fun when the team's playing well that everybody wants to come in and talk about the bears. And perhaps I can do a better job of, you know, Maybe doing some other things in addition to this. Uh, so make sure you're following me on the social media because uh, my social media is blowing up. Oh, it's blown up, but it's a lot of fun. Carmen, too. Where can we? We follow Carmen at Carmy V on Instagram, on Twitter. Make sure you're following her and all her great work for Fox Sports. 
it's going to be a fun one. And so this week we will have a, another podcast dropping at the end of the week. Again, I'm going to be going through some oral surgery. So that'll be coming out to you on Friday. So look forward to that. We hope to have Cynthia Freeland. I haven't really asked her yet, but we like, I'll make her, I'll make her. No, uh, hopefully we can get her. If not, we'll have a great guest for you. Talk some bears, but we got to preview the games. That's what we do on this show. So I want to thank everybody for being here. Thanks for joining us here tonight. And until, till next time, bear down. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura.